Hello, and welcome back to Cineman, the spiciest movie podcast. This week on Cineman, me and John are watching a movie inspired by a classic animated show. Uh, the movie currently on Netflix, made in 1987, is called Masters of the Universe. A terrible box office flop. Um, I made the mistake of watching only the first 15 minutes of it and declaring it suitable enough for Cineman. Um, you will notice... The same thing that we notice. About 25 minutes, 30 minutes, we're done with the movie. <laughs> it's that bad. Uh, well, maybe it's not. Maybe some of you guys love this movie, but we could not deal with it. And we love bad movies. I mean, for God's sake, my favorite movie is Sahara. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what we do on Cineman. We watch terrible movies and drink fantastic beer. Fantastic beer made by Gilgamesh Brewing in this particular case. Uh, this week we drink um, f- the Fresh Prince Fresh Hopped IPA. A delicious, delicious IPA um, celebrating the delicious hops grown in the, the Willamette Valley. Uh, but you can hear me and John argue about the hops and the techniques used to brew this beer in uh, this week's episode. So uh, get on over to GilgameshBrewing.com, find yourself your favorite beer, find yourself a location serving Gilgamesh, and, uh, and go get yourself a nice frosty pint of your favorite, and come back and listen to us um, quit talking about Masses of the Universe. I mean, you would too, if you were us. So don't judge. It's Cineman, the spiciest mover podcast. Hello guys and welcome back to, oh shit, all of a sudden I'm the crazy loud one. (laughs) Welcome back to this wonderful world that is Cinnamon, the spiciest mover podcast. It it is, yeah. Once uh, to remind you further, I am one of your hosts, Rhett. I'm indeed John. And uh, we are joined today in holy matrimony of a delicious, (laughs) delicious fresh hot So we just got married to beer? Yeah. Did Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Our wives aren't going to want to hear about this. No matter. We'll keep it a secret. We'll keep it a secret. Good. I'm going to move this real quick. You're not supposed to do this. But I did it. Um, with a cause. The cause is moving a microphone. Hell yeah. Coming. <laughs> September oh. 2019. I thought you were just going to stop by saying coming. That's why I had to think Moving of something fast. Moving the microphone. Coming. <laughs> That's why I had to think fast. Because why? When, when, <laughs> because whenever you, you end a sentence with coming, it never ends good. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it ends good for some people. <laughs> I suppose it depends on what end of that you are on, yeah. We're talking like coming to America, right? Yeah, of course. With... Uh, Eddie Murphy. I going to say Freddie Mercury. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, was in it, right? Better than Michael Lithium. <laughs> you know what's what about amazing? Edward Diamond Dillium? Is that a real... No, it's from Futurama. Oh. <laughs> Diamond Dillium. How would I not know that from Futurama? I don't know. You know yeah. what's uh, really sad when you like I've been seeing a lot of things online about people like, hey, uh, this is what this is what green technology looks like, and it's like a lithium mine, and it's supposed to like talk about how bad for the earth it is that we're like mining lithium. Mm-hmm. I was like, why is like lithium the one thing that like is bad for us to mine? It's a good question. I don't know. Lithium is pretty cool stuff. It's interesting. Because, like, yeah, you use it to make batteries and then all this stuff, and then it's also, like, used to treat, uh, yeah. like, mental illness. That's crazy. <laughs> like, what? You ever touch the positive and negative terminals on a lithium-ion battery together? No. Scary as heck. What happens? I did it in my office one time, and the battery immediately swells up. There's a cloud of smoke that lingers for longer than normal smoke, just, like, 
a centimeter over my desk and just sits there. And then there's little, like, runners, like beads of metal flying off. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me. Oh, jeez. I took that sucker outside and threw it in a bucket of water. I don't know what was going to happen. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, like I tried to say... Whoops, I better turn this off before... Um, we're brought in holy matrimony of this beer. <laughs> Fresh hopped beer. Fresh mm-hmm. hopped IPA mm-hmm. from yours truly, Gilgamesh Brewing. Indeed. Uh, and it is called Fresh Prince. And now, now, what is that in reference to? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. You. It's most <laughs> obvious like when you think about like that style of stuff, and then you look at the label. Oh, yeah, that's true. Very 80s colored. Now, when I went to go pick this up, uh, you know, the first thing I noticed was the label. I think it's like one of the more unique labels of um, that Gilgamesh has done. Yes. And it's like a blue with like a neon pink in the back and, you know, orange. It's kind of very like retro style. And uh, I, you know, I complimented the guys on the uh, on the label and they were... They were, like, super proud on it. They were like, well, thank you. You know, like, we worked pretty hard on it, and it really is pretty the, cool. They did the head turn? Heck, yeah, they, they did. did. The turn? That's well, what people do. There you, know? you go. What I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, sure do. You know. Now we got to do our thing <laughs> while... Oh, Excuse me. <laughs> now the world's going to know that you're a tutor. <laughs> if they don't know by now. Henry Tudor, King of England. I'm actually not. You're John Tudor. You're what they named the John after. <laughs> well, certain simulators could be could be drawn, I guess. Yeah. Similarities or simulators? <laughs> simulators. You said simulators. I did. Yes. I did not mean you to. were like certain simulators, and I'll just imagine like people in Top Gun like flying the like simulator, like because it's a simulator of the John. So you just sit there and <laughs> read a book. <laughs> it's just a closet with a chair. Uh, <laughs> the potty trainer. Oh, Lord. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, but the label is pretty cool and it's pretty distinct. Um, well, let's get into the beer. Yeah, we haven't even tasted it yet. So let's do this. So it's, uh, what is it? A fresh hop IPA. Fresh hop IPA. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Clink. Clink. We're sitting <laughs> too far away. It's an interesting time delay we got there in the cheers. First thing I notice, obviously IPA. Don't know why I was expecting something else. But the hop flavor in this, it's a lot more aromatic. You know what I think it is? What? I think they probably wet hopped with Cascade? Oh, don't even tell me you know, like, what farm these hops came from. You, like, taste it. Ah! I was just in this field the other day! Ah! Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> these are centennials, and they got harvested, like, half a month ago. So it's been a while since I've been in that field. Oh. oh. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How can you tell? You're a liar. You just gotta walk a hops. You're a liar. You gotta walk hop fields, man. You're a liar. You ever walk in hop fields? Not really. Okay. I don't so... make a hobby out of it. Well, neither do I. I make a living out of it. Touche. <laughs> that was a good comeback. That right was. There. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. It's like we wrote that. John Crutith. <laughs> He's a monster now. <laughs> Everything we say now is like, yeah, no, I do that for a living. <laughs> Cunt. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't work with everything. True. Especially the John reference. Guess you're not as cool as you thought you were. I agree. I'm not very cool. I'm pretty oh. boring. <laughs> I walk in hop fields for a living. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, definitely centennials. So then, what's the, what's so what's the difference between like wet hopped and well, whatever else they do? If it was dry hopped, they would be dried hops. That's so that's probably is that, you think that's what through. fresh hop IPA is like? It's fresh hops, so they get them right off the vine, right off, the good field. to go. And notice this beer is. It's just coming out now, right? Yeah. Well, and yeah. And centennials were being harvested about a month ago. How long does it take to group to you know finish a batch of beer? I guess about a month. About a month. Interesting. 
I think it's important to point out as well, like, it got a little bit of a darker color than I think a lot of IPAs. Very cloudy. Yeah, I think it's unfiltered. Like, you know, do you get that? Kind of tastes a little unfiltered. You can kind of even get mm-hmm. that kind of... Well, maybe... No, I think it is unfiltered. I don't know, though. I don't want to stake my life on it. Well, the, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It would be forced through the hops, so you could call that unfiltered because the hops are acting as a filter, but they're not really filtering, they're adding. Well, a lot of like a lot of wheat beers and a lot of stuff, you get unfiltered wheat beers, and yeah. they're cloudier, and they're... Because they leave all the little proteins in there. Yeah. Is that the scientific word for it? I believe so, actually. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> all my attempts to shut you down tonight have been met with a huge... Uh, mushroom slap in the face well we're talking about ag and ag related topics once we go off go off on anything else that's where i leave john's like fuck this just gets up and walks (laughs) out out. (laughs) this is the fucking ag podcast you bitch you didn't Um, get that memo i sent it out yesterday damn it i didn't get it no i don't even send memos then how the fuck was i supposed to get it that's what i'm trying to figure out so, wet hop, that's interesting. I just learned something new about beers. Because, yeah, you definitely, like, it definitely, you have a fresher, like, a lot of times when you get these IPAs, they're way hoppier than this, first of all. Yeah. And I wonder if that's a byproduct of drying them out, too. Because I feel like that's when you really get that hop smell, too, right? When you really have kind of the dried out. Maybe I have no idea no, what I I'm talking so, about. No, I think so, because dry hopped beers tend to be a lot more... Have a lot more aroma. Yeah. Which I'm not saying this isn't aromatic. Like, it is. But it's a kind of a weird flavor because it's a little bit smoother, I think, than a regular IPA. But then there at the end, it kind of... And it's hops all the way through, too. That's one thing I, I like about it. Um, yeah, it's good. Like, at least I don't really taste any, like, citrusy... Do you? N- not in the... She better. I'm going to give her another taste here. That's what we got them for. <laughs> yeah, not not uh, standard citrus that I taste in most IPAs. Because I can, I can taste the grapefruit, but it's not... I guess in other IPAs, it's like a fresh grapefruit. Did you read this fucking bottle before you started fucking talking about it, you little piece of shit? <laughs> Where do you get that idea? <laughs> centennial hops? It says Centennial hops right There's here. There's writing on the bottle? Yeah. No. This floral IPA is brewed with copious amounts of centennial hops that will make you do the Carlton. Well, you gotta know your hops. This wet hopped ale you gotta know your beer. has a golden color and a legit aroma because we hop bonged it. Hop bonged. One word. Uh, don't tell Uncle Phil. Word. And I guess there is citrus in it, but I'm not really picking that up, though. I'm getting a little bit of grapefruit, but like I said, it's not the standard grapefruit that I normally get. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of IPAs like they go overboard on the grapefruit. Like yeah. you want to hear, you want to drink a grapefruit beer, uh, Discord IPA by Pyramid. Um, yeah, they and uh, uh, the double IPA that uh, Bridgeport makes, Imperial yeah. whatever. Well, I guess I can definitely taste it now that I'm really. But it's but it's not like it's subtle. Some of those beers are grapefruit juice. Yeah, that's what I get. Yeah, it's like a morning beer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I guess I'm not sure how to describe this. It sets it apart from other beers. It's just a little smoother. Like it, it's yeah, it's smooth in the in the four, and then there in the aftertaste, it's not overly hoppy, but very hoppy. The aftertaste is kind of where I'm getting the the citrus taste, too. Yeah. Like, if I kind of let it sit, I mm-hmm. kind of get it right on my back receptors there. <laughs> Whatever they're called. Yeah, I, should probably, I should probably learn the the different, you know, taste bud groups on my tongue. Front and back taste buds. But there's also side taste buds. Well, yeah, and the side taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> well... We'll uh, have to talk more about this beer once its magical mysteries are unlocked to us. But um, overall, like I'm kind of impressed with this. Like I think that I, I, this is one of my the IPAs I like. I think a little bit more from Gilgamesh. You know, like they have some of those other ones which taste great, but uh, this one's just different enough. I'm kind of on board. Yeah, I, I think like it's it. the wet hop thing you were talking about. I think that's like it really just kind of locks it in in a certain yeah. zone. Because I don't know what it is exactly. Because, like, a lot of IPAs, 
get them in your mouth and it just explodes hop. Like you get hop taste like yeah. everywhere. This kind of it starts out like a session IPA. Yeah, kind of. I can see like, that. Like what was that beer that Gilgamesh made? Yeah, I'm trying to remember myself actually. That Hoot was Attack. Hoot Attack. Yeah, yeah. Hoot Attack was a lot more floral, I think. Yeah, than yes. This. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But it definitely, yeah. I like craft beers that are different because there's a lot of craft beers that are dang near the same as every other craft beer. Dude, you can say that again for sure. I like craft beers that are different because there's a lot of craft beers that are dang like the other craft beers. <laughs> you, heard, you said it before. <laughs> <laughs> Told me I could say it again. I got permission. <laughs> Did I say you could say it again? You said you could say that again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I said it again. I set myself up for that. <laughs> Okay, guys, so tonight, uh, me and John were like, we're only going to talk about these beers for a little bit, and then go on. <laughs> and it was like, all right, here's the beer podcast. Fuck the movie. Uh, so today, we are watching a new movie on Netflix. Uh, just It must have just come out in September, so you feel free to watch along. 1987 film called Masters of the Universe. And if you're of our generation, you might be familiar with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which is uh, interesting in and of itself, because it's like a cool fantasy world where, like highly advanced technology also exists Mm -hmm. and there's like magic but like laser guns like in the same thing well i'm gonna stop you right there i've seen maybe about five minutes of this in my entire life yeah but conveniently rhett had found a guidebook to the entire series (laughs) and if you can hear let's be quiet okay you can hear me flipping the pages to the guidebook itself which is tremendous help i mean <laughs> so open my eyes to this to this Masters of the Universe universe. So Well who's your favorite character? So far it's the one that says pow and thud a lot. I like that guy. I don't know who that is, but that's alright. Pow. Well that's He Man. Oh he also says Zap. That's He Man fighting someone right there. No. No. It takes place in the land of Eternia, and Prince Adam unlocks the power of Grayskull. I don't know why I said no. Yeah, that's you, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was trying to come up with something funny, but it didn't work, so I just sounded like a douche. Prince Adam <laughs> unlocks the power of Grayskull by getting the sword. I don't know what it's called. The He-Man sword? Sword of Justice? Is it? I don't know. It's, uh, god dang, I can't remember, but... Anyway, he turns into He-Man, and he's got a cat that turns into a cat that he rides. And, uh... Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but... I used to watch the animated show quite a bit, and I have a lot of the toys. Actually, even in that next room, I could probably pull out some He-Man toys, but... Not right this instant, though. (laughs) I'd have to dig. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess we'll just start right into it and we'll just kind of we'll just kind of roll along with it yep so it's on um netflix a whole two and a half stars rating uh for those interested i had personally like i said uh i liked the animated show and i liked the toy line which by the way did you know that the show was actually based off of the toy line no yeah that makes sense yeah uh it was one of the many shows that was made because of the popularity of the toy line them and like you know transformers and like all that generation of stuff yeah and he-man was actually kind of one of the cooler ones i think but uh yeah if you're like me and you know the show and you know the toys and all that stuff like you might be surprised to realize that there is a live action movie for it i'm excited yeah and it's pretty cheesy but we're just gonna go for it yeah so here we go hit and play oops controller's off and we're hitting play now. Okay. So there's the... the... That's Castle Grayskull. Mm-hmm. So, Grayskull is like a big source of power. God damn it, where can I set this thing? It's a big source of power. Like, it's where He-Man gets his power from. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so the theme is playing. Majestic. And we got the volume turned up a little bit, so... Uh, maybe you Billy can... Barty. Who's Billy Barty? I don't know, but that's one heck of a name. I bet you Billy I Barty. I work with a guy who's... Courtney Cox. Really? I work with a guy whose real name is Billy Bart. Not <laughs> not William, but Billy. That's funny. <laughs> Chelsea Field? Who's that? 
Robert Duncan. Mc- but Courtney Cox is in this? Courtney Cox, yeah, that's... I wonder if Christina she... Christina Pickles? I wonder if Courtney Cox is the sorceress. Evil Lynn. We'll find out. Bill Conti. Ah, God, dude, I forgot how much I hate Bill opening Vice. credit sequences. Hate what? Opening credit sequences. Oh, they're pretty cool. <laughs> you know what movie made me really not like them, though? And it's the movie that made opening credit sequences its shtick. Star Wars? No. Okay. Another long-running series of movies uh, that has a crazy opening sequence for every one of them since the 60s. I'll save James you. Bond? Yep, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I started really hating them when I was getting into James Bond, and I was like, good lord, these are all so dumb. They're so stupid. They're all they know really they're bad. stupid, yeah. Although, you know what's kind of cool is like, wasn't it like there's been two James Bond themes throughout the whole thing that have both won Grammy Awards? Adele's mm-hmm. Skyfall, was which was a those good Those are song. totally Darth Vader helmets. Look at those. Oh, oh like I said, awesome. dude, the first guy you're going to see is Skeletor. Skeletor. yeah. Now, what's really neat about this is I've noticed that there's um, a lot of details that stand out like very vividly in my mind from the cartoon translate very well onto the screen. Like, they did really well. So, Castle Grayskull looks a lot different than I think it does in the thing. But his staff that he's holding Mm -hmm. looks exactly like how it looks like in the animated this cartoon was one of those classic cartoons where the characters would be like still with just their mouth moving but the background would be like flying by Uh, i don't know that's typical of like japanese stuff well isn't it i mean this kind of stuff too is that courtney cox no that's morgan something that's not courtney cox She, he's really changed the past couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really look like... Skeletor doesn't really look that much like no. what he looks like in the show. But At least they didn't try really crappy CG. Yeah. Because this guy, he just has like a mask that accentuates the, the eye-opening bones. So we just nose. saw the sorceress, and that's definitely not Courtney Cox either. Is she going to be She-Ra? I don't know. That seems like a weird role for Courtney Cox. But okay, why is there this like lady dressed in white in the castle to get bad? I think she's tied to Grayskull somehow. Okay, like I don't know. Yeah, I think she's tied to Grayskull. That's why she's there. And then he like imprisons her in that spot. Yeah, I don't. I honestly have no idea. And honestly, for some of these effects. They're just minimalistic enough that it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, Skeletor just did some magic where he, like, zapped the sorceress and it wasn't overwhelming. Like, you could tell, like, magic was happening. But those are some of the best effects where it's very subtle. Yeah. So you like that. Well, see, and that's supposed to look bad, I think. Because that's, like, the quote-unquote high technology thing. But they live in a land of magic. So it's like, you know, I kind of chalk that up like maybe that's what it would look like in real life. Hmm. Like, I think that was a stylistic choice that they picked, and they picked it well. Like, it looks kind of silly right here. But I think it matches the style of the show, like, of the universe that it takes place okay. in. Okay. Is that got... Dolph? No, that might be Billy Bart. It looks like it's Dolph. You know the Dolph I'm talking about? Dolph Lundgren or whatever his yep. name is? Yeah. Is that his name? I think so. So to set you up, John, uh, apparently there's been a war raging for quite some time between Skeletor and, I guess, He-Man. And uh, Skeletor might have just won the war because he took over Castle Grayskull. Oh, I see. Which is the source of He-Man's power. Well, at least it was in the animated show. Oh, shoot. He's just killing those soldiers. Some of these cuts are really bad because the action is quite terrible. They've got laser blasters. He just got the gun shot out of his hand. <laughs> and then he blasted full on lightsaber two right laser swords. He blasted so two lasers. So this laser- is like 1984, 1985? 87. Oh, so it's relatively late. Yeah, I mean, this was... I mean, before Ninja Turtles, but, you know, kind of in that era where... After Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah, dude. Return of the Jedi was 83. Yeah, something like that. So I it's like, so. good lord... Now, this is uh, one of He-Man's friends, Man-at-Arms. Man-at-Arms? Man-at-Arms. Okay. 
He was like one of the guys that used like technology, you know? What the? It's Gimli. This is one of the characters from the cartoon as well. And he was like a, he was like a tinkerer. He like made things. Okay. Quite a character. He actually looks and sounds like a lot like what he does in the show, in the cartoon. Now, if you're watching along, you'll notice that this movie just, like, moves along at a blistering pace. And I watched, like, the first 15 minutes of this the other day, but other than that, I have no idea where it's going to take us. <laughs> like, it just seems to, like, move along, move along, and the pacing is just like, ugh. You know, there's, like, hardly any character development. It's like, here's these characters that kids love. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard to get invested in the story that way, but... A lot of the set design and stuff, though, looks pretty good. It does. Like the doorway to his house right there. And one of my favorite little tidbits was his staff, which has like a, it's like a walking staff, but it has on the end of it a crystal like Gandalf would have <laughs> uh, when he puts it in there. But then it's all like, it looks like technology stuff. Like there's wires coming off of it yeah. and like blinking lights and stuff. It's cool. And it fits his character. Is that Courtney Cox right there? No, but I, I don't think it is, and I kind of recognize the actress. It could be Courtney, but I don't... No. That doesn't really look like her, does it? She'd have to be pretty young for this. Not too terribly young, because this was almost, what, 1990? Well, this was, I mean, like, 87. 87. When did Friends come out? I was out? just going to ask you that. Right? Courtney Cox is from Friends, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no way she could have been more than 30 by the time Friends started, right? Oh, I would not think so. She's probably about 50 now. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston is. Yeah. At least 50. Yeah. So she would have been 25-ish ballpark. The, the facial features. The teeth aren't even anything yeah. similar. Now, John, this little device that he's playing with here, and you, listener, uh, <laughs> Gwendolf, or whatever his name is, he uh, created these this key, and it's called he calls it the cosmic key. And I'm actually pretty impressed with like this whole thing. It really shows you like how kind of impressive science fiction is. But it's a key that can open up a portal to anywhere by matching like the gravitonic tones is how they describe it in the show. <laughs> Which, to me, I'm like, that's plausible. Plausible. You know, oh, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Tonic tone. Once you get those matched up, you're off to the races. Heck yeah, dude. And uh, that's how Skeletor took over Castle Grayskull, was there was two of those keys. And he took it, and he's like, all right. And he just, like, opened a gateway into Castle Grayskull. Yeah. <laughs> Gwildor, that's his name. That guy's funny. That looks a lot like Dolph. Uh, I'm going to go to our old friend. I was going to say the same thing. Can you unplug that and hand me that? Is this a nook? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, thanks. We actually just inherited it. Oh, one of those? Yeah. So, it's been kind of fun to have. Ionize. See, that's like totally legit. An ionization cannon? That's real. In Star Wars it is. Yeah. Remember? That's what I mean. It's they, real. They clear a path off the planet Hoth. But you know that because you just watched all six Star Wars the other day. Yeah. And you know the Star Destroy the Imperials are. I'm gonna have uh, to watch them in the machete order. Right, it, dude. That's what I did. You did I, I mention we, that? We talked about this. Yeah, it, I it was gonna totally mention that to you sense. earlier, and then I got sidetracked, like trying to find all this stuff. Yeah, that doesn't it though? Have you, dude? You know what else you should watch? And it's kind of fun, like because the episodes are like 15, 20 minutes long. But the animated show, Attack of the Clones. I've seen a little bit of it. That's pretty cool. Dude, it's fun as shit. Like, so many people give me crap for liking it. That's but, good. But it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, did you make it to IMDb? Yep, that is Dolph. Oh. What the fuck? Now I want to know who Billy Barty is. <laughs> is that Gwendolf? Yeah, this movie really moves along in a clip, doesn't it? Yeah, well, they're already, like, sieging Castle Grayskull again, and then there's going to be a big battle right up here. Who's Courtney Cox? I don't know. Wow, the movie art looks stunning. You guys should definitely look this up. Does it look like some of the that should be painted on the side of a van? 
Apparently, she plays a character named Julie Winston. Sounds like a British librarian. Who apparently rated... Billy Barty is Gwildor, by the way. So I was right. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for a shot in the dark? Um... But yeah, Courtney Cox plays Julie Winston, and she is rated higher higher in this than the character Mana Arms is. So we must not have seen her yet. But she's probably going to have a lot more to do with the movie. Yeah. Is that her right there? No, that's Evil Lynn. Oh. Who is Meg Foster. Meg? Meg Foster. Skeleton. So it estimated to cost $22 million and only made $17 million. Oh. But uh, you know what hey, I don't what understand? It's like, like I don't even feel are what? those Are those flip flops? Because this is a flop. Where'd my beer go? That's oh, my idea of a joke. It didn't work real well. Yeah, I need to keep drinking for that. <laughs> the response was, Where'd my beer go? <laughs> um. Interesting. So, this movie is He-Man's first big screen movie. Is there another one? There's a like an animated movie, I think. Oh. And I think I have it, actually. Is so, there well, another live action? It. No, I don't think so. Okay. After losing, what, $5 million? Uh, let's see. Apparently, yeah, I don't know. Apparently Meg Foster, who plays Evil Inn, right there. Apparently mm-hmm. her costume weighs 45 pounds. Seriously? Yeah. I wouldn't want to walk around in that. She sustained bruises to her groin from the breastplate she wears. Well, I wonder if she got workman's comp for that. She might have, I don't know. I mean, it would stand to reason that she could. What did he call that thing? The universe key or something? Cosmic key. Cosmic key. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Come on, Billy Bart. Billy Barty. Oh, look at that. I never noticed that effect before. Right above it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Interesting. Dolph Lundgren does all of his own stunts in this movie. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. Dolph. You know that character in The Simpsons? That's like a... Swedish action, action, uh, action actor. It's modeled after Dolph. In case you wanted to know. Really? Uh, I wonder if something dumb is going to happen in this movie. Oh, so the cosmic key? No, this better not happen. So they just escaped after going back to Gray School. Apparently, there is a sequel. Dude, I think this movie... <laughs> I might have just spoiled this movie for me by reading some of these. Oh. There's no spoiler warnings on any of them. They usually have that. But it says here, a sequel to the film, which was to be titled Masters of the Universe 2, Cyborg, was written and followed He-Man, who returned to Earth to battle Skeletor, who has left Earth as a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Listen, look at this. They better not be on Earth right now, or I'm going to be so pissed. It looks like an Earth-like planet. You know, though, I have a hard time, like, feeling bad for, like, the studios and stuff, like, who made this movie, because because it's obviously, like, seems like a money grab, right? They're just like, all right, here's, like, got all the pieces in place. We got a director, we got actors, we got cameras, like, let's do this. And they do it, and there's no, like, character to this movie at all. Like, there's really well, not because they assume that everyone's gonna that is going to watch it is a fan of the cartoon and knows everything about the cartoon. Yeah, that's kind of the feeling I get, you know. And that's the thing. Like for so many cool things, like look at that costume on Man at Arms, like mm-hmm. a pretty cool costume as far as like 1987 is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it looks pretty good. Like that gun in his hand, like looks pretty cool. And. Uh, but as far as, like, even with all that cool stuff, like, the show, the movie so far is just kind of lacking in personality. Yeah. There's cool set pieces, like, Grayskull has looked cool. Gwyndor, uh, whatever his name is, Gwyndol, his, um... Billy Barty. 
his apartment like looks pretty cool. <laughs> sure, it wasn't a townhouse. <laughs> what unit was he in? Seven A. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, it's funny. Just apartment is a funny choice of words. His house, you little fuck. <laughs> his duplex. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's got a little scanner. Is this where we meet Courtney? It must be close. Well, not quite. So they can't be on Eternia anymore. They have to be on Earth. Yeah. Gwildor. Now Gwildor is mooing at a cow and they have no idea. <laughs> Again? He-Man's using the same exact plan that he used last time. <laughs> I just keep on trying until it works. He's like, hey man, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, when we find the key, Gwildor is going to set the coordinates to Grayskull. The element of surprise will be on our side. He's like, that's exactly what you said the last time. How to work. There, They're probably going to be fucking waiting for you. Except they'll come in on the other side of the room this time. They'll never guess. How is that cow, like, <laughs> as short as he is? Well... You want me to answer that? Yeah. Okay, it's a jersey. Jerseys are small cows. There's Courtney. That's, oh, yeah. That's the best explanation I got. See, that looks like Courtney. Wow, she is young in this. Yeah. They're on Earth. This is movie's dumb. Yeah. No wonder this fucking failed yeah. in the fucking box office. Why take a sci-fi movie to Earth? Dude, fucking take us back to Eternia. Or the war for Grayskull is happening. No, the whole movie is going to be them trying to find the key. No wonder there's people in the credits. I'm like reading them with shitty real names. I read a freaking <laughs> guy whose name was Kevin Corrigan, and I was like, "Why are there motherfucking people named Kevin in this world?" Yeah, exactly. Like, good god! Exactly. Oh, jeez. Dude, how old do you think she's in? Is in this? Look at that. She looks so young. Yeah, but I think she's supposed to be in like high school in the movie, and they do. I mean, they can do a good job and make people look young. I suppose if we look up Courtney Cox, we'll be able to find a birthday. You know what's weird though about that? How they make high school like how they make people look like high schoolers in movies. So remember being in like middle school. And you saw the high school girls that were, you know, like, in high school. And you're mm-hmm. like, man, like, they look so, like, mature. Not old, but, like, they look mature. And then you get into high school and you don't really notice it anymore because it's all your peers and stuff like that. But you also notice it in movies. You're watching movies and you're like, look how high schoolers look. And you don't really realize that yeah. they got, like, 30-year-olds playing 16-year-olds. And, uh, oh, Lord, this is dumb. Uh, sorry guys. We went from watching He-Man battling for Castle Grayskull and the Sorceress's life, uh, to now going on like a date with like some loser in a big van. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She was twenty-three when they made this. See, she I was, was gonna, relatively young. I was gonna say, I bet you she was younger than twenty-five for sure. I was gonna guess twenty-one though. So that thing you're saying about high schoolers looking Yeah, yeah, younger. so you watch movies and you're like, wow, they look mature. And then you see girls when you're like in middle school and you're like, wow, they look mature. I say girls. Boys too, I guess. I say girls because <laughs> obviously when we're, in, girl. <laughs> when we're in middle school, that's like who, who we were, you know, well, yeah. notice the high school girls. But, uh, but uh, yeah, and so then you get into high school and you don't really notice it. But And then you go back. The only time I really notice like how much of a lie it is, is when you go back and you look at your like annual or whatever and you're like, Oh my god, like everyone looks like children. Everybody looks like children. And you're like, well, the movies and like, uh, oh, that was middle school Rhett's opinion, you know. I I met a customer's nephew or something today. And I was guessing this guy was like in eighth grade. You paying attention? Yes. I was guessing he was like in eighth grade at best. Yeah. He's a senior. Oh, geez. I was like... (laughs) What are you skipping preschool today? <laughs> He's like, no, I work three jobs. I'm the sole fucking moneymaker in my family. Yeah. My dad's a drunk. He abuses us. He hits me and my mom. 
You don't know this guy, right? <laughs> no. I hope it's his nephew because I if yeah, it's his nephew. He gives you a coded message. He's like, "Please help me. <laughs> I've been kidnapped and held in ransom for three years. I missed a lot of stuff." And you're like, "You skipped preschool today?" <laughs> <laughs> There's a comedian who has a joke about if you talk to a kid and guess they're five years older. <laughs> They lose their minds. Dude, I just spilled this all over me because I was like, thought it was a bottle. <laughs> Damn it, I just spilled a lot of beer on me. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, keep talking. You okay? Yes. Just like ruin my day a little bit. <laughs> keep talking though, I'll hear you. Have an accident there? <laughs> no, there's... <laughs> there's a comedian that has a joke about you go up to a kid... And you, you treat them like they're five years old. They're like, you go up to a 10-year-old and you're like, hey, you get your license yet? You know, and all that. They lose their freaking minds. You do that to a middle-aged woman and it doesn't have the same effect. Hey, you going through menopause yet? <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't have the same effect. So it would be my advice and the advice of the Cinnamon team to not do that to a middle-aged woman. Would the you- entire cast and crew here at Cinnamon. Cast, crew, uh, you know, people that provide catering services all that <laughs> key grips people that change pants cuz we need that clearly we do go ahead and give us a play by play while daddy goes and changes his shorts well daddy <laughs> excuse me yeah, heard me. Well, Courtney is hugging Kevin Carrington or whatever his name is in the park. Actually, that's a cemetery. That's kind of creepy. Ho oh, ho! They found the galaxy key. Who did? Courtney Cox and Kevin Costner or Carrington, whatever his name is. What is it called? The cosmic key. Cosmic key, not the universe key. Oh, and they think it's a Japanese synthesizer. Pretty much, right? Yeah. He's playing he's playing 80s rock on it. Well, there's only one thing to do now. Drink more beer. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Whoops. God bless America. Here we back in, in Eternia. Skeletor and evil. Thank God. The one cool Evelyn. place. Dude, how dumb, like, of a premise, though. Like, I don't think they ever go to Earth in the fucking cartoon. Like, how, how, what sort of fucking studio bigwig sits in his fucking office and he goes, You know what would be cool? If we brought this fictional universe to Earth. You know what I think will make people go see Star Wars? The Death Star threatening Earth. <laughs> like, we want to be transported, like... Into another world, like we well, don't want to. A lot of big wigs at studios that makes these movies don't understand science fiction. I mean, really don't understand it. Oh, he's gonna play the galactic key. Oh, he's using it as a synthesizer. Oh, you weren't joking. No, <laughs> it's one of those Japanese synthesizers. Is that what he said? Yep. Oh God, I thought you were joking. <laughs> nope, that was the truth. Oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's up there. Oh, you know what that reminds me of? No. Uh, God, what are they called? The um, holophoner in Futurama? Oh, yeah. The holophoner? Yeah. Evelyn. As opposed to Evelyn. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dumb name. Yeah, it is. It's pretty dumb. Look, they found Earth. I like their honeycomb that's close TV enough screener. did you hear him dude he fucking zeroes in like right on top of where the fucking key is and he goes that's close enough <laughs> yeah within two inches that's close enough <laughs> blade huh so rod yeah now these people that's a cool looking guy yeah oh beast man that's the one on the cover of the guidebook i was showing you oh yeah the card now Blade had his eye taken out by He Man, I think, like in the really in the story. Sarad is a cool looking guy there. Yeah, Sarad looks cool. Blade looks dumb as shit. Yeah, I was gonna say Blade's dumb. 
and Karg or Cod, whatever. That's yeah, he looks dumb too. Yeah, just Sarad, really. Yeah, Beastman's kind of cool. You open that door. I just have absolutely no care in the world about this like B storyline that's happening, like with Courtney Cox and Kevin Corrigan. Yeah, what kind of bullshit is this? God, why did we pick this? <laughs> we could have been balls deep in Blade by now. <laughs> could have been killing vampires, or you better yet, fucking uh, Kurt Russell could have yeah, escaped New York. Escaped from New York. We've got to watch that at some point, and I've got to stay awake. Yeah, because I. I was like, I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to stay awake. You were awake Opening for like credit. 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make it much further. I was further. tired that night. Yeah, man. I was too. Well, fuck, dude. That was at 2 o'clock in the morning when we started watching that. Yeah, so. that's true. Oh, man. But yeah, we'll watch that one of these days. Like, you know, we watch it as early as we started now. Fuck. Yeah. It's not like we have to start it at 2 o'clock in the morning every time. No, we have to. Now we've set a challenge for ourselves. All right. Go to bed at 6, wake up at midnight just to make good on our own problem. <laughs> Look at this shit. Oh, my God. A bunch of sci-fi soldiers just walked into, like, where the prom is. Yeah. At high school. High school gym. And th- that guy looks like the Predator. Serato, he kind of does, yeah. That's a good movie. I don't think that was Carl. <laughs> oh, God. Oh my god, this so is stupid. terrible. Like, there's not even any redeeming qualities about this. And John, you know how much I love a dumb movie. Oh, you know how much I do too, yeah. Dude, Courtney Cox was in this. Like, she was in this movie. <laughs> the producers of French were, were watching this one night. Oh god, oh, wait, dude, I wonder if that's what it her. was. <laughs> she sends in her audition tape and she's like, I'm the girl from He-Man. <laughs> that's all she says, and they're like... Fuck it, she's got the job. <laughs> what better qualifications than you? Being in a terrible sci-fi movie. Hey, at least we know she'll work dirt cheap. <laughs> I mean, she had to been, like, I bet by the end of Friends, she was making, like, a billion dollars, probably. It's like, uh, what's his name? From, uh, from uh, you know, Charlie Sheen from Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah. By the end of that show, he was making a million dollars per episode. Oh, I, I heard. I've heard that, yeah, too. That's uh, <coughs> it's pretty incredible. Tell that guy don't like water. Beast man can't handle a little water. Look at his little sword flopping around. Look at, did you see it get stuck? Oh my god, that looks <laughs> so dumb. Oh, this is so dumb. <laughs> so he man's walking around with a sca- with a scanner, and Courtney Cox is yelling, "Help me!" You know what, there's only one responsible thing to do, John. Just talk about something other than the movie. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, well, We're interesting people. We tried. <laughs> Dude, he just used a sword to cut open a fence. You can do it. Have you seen the new Ninja Turtles? I haven't yet, no. Yeah, the newest like animated one? No. Yeah, I watched it the other day. It's on Netflix now. Oh. It's uh not that great. I mean, did you like the one, like the live action one? The old one? Yeah. Yeah. That was entertaining. Yeah, right? I see the new one. With uh, the Michael Bay one? Yeah. Is yeah. it pretty Michael Bay? Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. It's actually like when you watch it, like it's it's interesting because I was really able to like kind of zero in in the mindset I would have been as like a 10 to like 12 year old. Because mm-hmm. there was like so much stuff and I was like, oh my God, like this is so cool. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, it's kind of cheesy, you know, because, but, uh, I mean, I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters or anything like that, but I was, I was definitely able to tap into like my inner, you know, child and yeah, was like yeah. really kind of able to enjoy it. And I was watching it and I was like, dude, I wish they could have made movies like this when I was a kid. Cause that was cool. Like there was cool stuff happening, cool fights, yeah, you know, and like, I don't know. It was just cool. Um, definitely like a lot more like far fetched, like than the original, like live action, you know, like. Like, one of the guys had, like, a skateboard that had, like, rocket thrusters on it, and so they could, like... Oh, you don't have one of those? No. Mm-hmm. Did you see Lexus's new, like, hoverboard that they made? Lexus, the car company, they made a hoverboard. How does it work? I don't know, but they released a video, like, not... Like, maybe a few days ago that described, like, how it works. Because I think in Back to the Future, the idea was it was it would operate on the 
magnetic force of the Earth. Really? I think so. I'm going to look this up now. Dude, Courtney Cox just shot a motherfucker with a laser gun. She's Courtney Cox. Don't mess around. Uh, you know, and then there's, uh, but then there's also, like, the idea, like, kind of like the gold, like, the, the, the holy grail of, like, the sort of technology, they call it repulsor lift technology, where you can, uh, basically, I don't know if it's just nullify, like, oh, 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 what it is, repulsor lift technology, I think, theoretically, so you know how for every force there's an equal and opposite reaction? Mm -hmm. So the idea behind repulsor lift technology is that you would have a reaction, such as um, thrusters pushing down. Yeah. But you nullify the effect that it would have on you. For example, like you could push on the wall. Mm-hmm. And with repulsor lift technology, uh, this is just theoretical. So, you yeah, know, when yeah, you push yeah. on the wall, the wall is pushing back on you. And that's what gives it its firmness. Yeah. You know, well, repulsor lift technology is supposed to nullify the pushing back on you in a sense that that's why like in star wars like all their speeders that they have yeah that's repulsor left technology that's why it can get off the ground like that far and it can like you know okay so it's able to lift it but not rocket it yeah i guess so we getting the same thing there yeah like sometimes like i remember i don't know county fair or something there is a hvac company had a, a a fan sitting there with a ball on top of it and it was just the right velocity of wind that the ball wouldn't blow off it would just stay in the column of air is that same yeah hell yeah dude john's trying to sing purple haze <laughs> that was impressive to say the least was it isn't that close <laughs> Dude, speaking of which, I gotta open this beer and then. Okay. So I'm looking up this hoverboard deal. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's true. Dude, it's true. I don't know. I mean, I agree we're gonna have technology like this, but. You don't think that the CIA already, like, doesn't have their own hoverboards that they put agents on? I don't, know. <laughs> you live in a very sheltered world. Because they have jets and helicopters. Why, why wouldn't they, they need hoverboards? Why would they need hoverboards? Give me an example and I might buy into it. Just getting around, dude. That's not going to look suspicious. Now you're in the middle of nowhere, like, doing CIA work. Or is most CIA work, like, done in the open? I don't know. I think the point is we're not supposed to know. <laughs> Okay. You know, this could be... Here. I found something on CNET that used a lot of big words to describe it. Supercooled superconductors. Yeah. So what does it say? Okay. In fact, this board only works at the custom crafted parks. At what? At, at, at made, pay, made uh, custom made... Oh. surfaces oh. so it could be some sort of magnetic type technology thinking maybe like electromagnets in the board so they're super strong but opposite polarity as the ground you know and you put two magnets on each other yeah interesting that's kind of a bummer well i mean i mean think about it if if that is in fact okay hang on so, yeah, it is magnets. Oh, it is? So, they just use magnets and, like, okay, that's kind of a bummer. But I guess, you know, the cool thing about that... Why couldn't they do that? Well, you know, the cool thing about that is if you think about it, because in my head I'm like, well, shoot, you're not going to be able to ride that down the street. But you could go to, like, a specially designated place, sort of like you would with, like, a go-kart, you know, place. Like a go-kart... Yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking Park? I don't know. Track. Yeah, track, you know. And so, you go to a place like that for hoverboards, and you, like, rent a hoverboard. Like a roller rink. Like well, a, here, it, so if this actually is a, a legit way of transportation, it's going to be incredibly efficient because there's virtually no friction. Yeah, well, that's what they do with like bullet trains and speed trains, isn't it? They might. I'm not aware if they do. Aren't there like magnetically driven trains? Like, They're did I just make that up? 
Sounds awesome. Well, I got to make millions of dollars. No, but no, 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 no. You're you're going on the same track I'm thinking. That's how they get trains that go like 700 miles an hour. 700 miles an hour? Yeah, dude. They're speed trains. 700 miles an hour? Yes. Faster than the speed of sound. No. Look this stuff up. <laughs> There's no train that goes 700 miles an hour. Humans can't go 700 miles an yes, hour. Yes, they can. I know. Human beings in space are going like 18,000 miles per hour, you little shit. But no, if this is a legit form of transportation, there's virtually no friction. Why not in 50 years have major road services made with this kind of technology so you can have essentially a hover deal from Star Wars that has no friction. So you're just, yeah. I mean, you give it five miles an hour push and you're going five miles an hour for 100 miles so you get that up to 50 you're fine maglev's bullet train in japan you want to guess how fast it goes i was thinking those suckers probably go 200 603 miles oh damn it 603 kilometers per hour. What is that in miles per hour? 374 miles that's per hour. That's still freaking... That's almost 400 miles an hour. You know how fast that is? Yeah, that's insane. That is absolutely insane. That's faster than... I mean, like, don't planes fly at, like, 500 miles an hour at the fastest, like, with a tailwind? Look it up. I really don't know. Come on. Oh, this doesn't have swipe, that's why. Mm. I'm like sitting here trying to swipe on Mr. the Mr. Android. Yeah. Well, it runs off Android. Oh. Typical cruising airspeed for long distance commercial okay, flights. Okay, that's a suggestive situation. What? What are they doing? He's like are sitting like this and she's kneeling right at his knees and he's like rubbing. See that? Hmm. <laughs> Skeletal. I wonder what they just got done doing. Reading uh, storybooks. Typical cruising airspeed for long-distance commercial passenger flights is 475 to 500 knots, which is 446 to 575 miles per hour. Okay. Which so, is pretty fast. Yeah, it's in the same ballpark as that freaking train. That's freaking fast. It's 200 miles an hour faster than that train. <laughs> well, on the low end, to yeah. the high end of the train. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Which is really fast. Train, see, the th- this, that's the scary thing about land travel is, like, when you look up, like, the history of, like, uh, breaking land speed records and shit like that, like, it's fraught with disaster. Like, oh, it's yeah. not like it was a safe thing, no. you know? No. Like, there's a reason why your car shakes at 80 miles an hour on the back highway, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like we aren't supposed to go 100 miles an hour in a lawn chair. No. It's just not supposed to happen. I, yeah. <laughs> Here no, goes your they got rid character. of the good guy? Yeah. Or, I mean, the good bad guy? Salaturo or whatever. Salamander. What's his name? <laughs> I don't know. Salamander's close enough. <laughs> um, God, yeah. So it's like, it's just crazy to think, sitting in a little train. I mean, obviously you'd build up to it. You wouldn't just be like, you'd be plastered Zero on the back of the 300 miles an hour in a second. Yeah, you'd be dead. You'd yeah. die. You watch Top Gear, right? Yeah, the British one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Some of the crazy hypercars they're trying on there, like zero to 200 in 10 seconds. Yeah. And then some of the cars on there that have even a more ridiculous stopping speed, like 150 to zero in like two and a half seconds. (sighs) That's crazy. Your brain are in your toes. Yeah, I don't understand how you'd resist that. Well, what's crazy, one of my favorite cars I ever saw, I think it was made by Jaguar. This was like a few years ago, where they made a new transmission system where you could get all the way up to like 75 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour in first gear. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to change gears until you got well past that. Okay. So it allowed you to break, like to get to like new zero to 60 records because, you know, you weren't like, you know, yeah, jerking it. Dude, I bet you this guy who plays Kevin Corrigan, they thought this was like the role of his life, dude. He's like, fuck, yes, dude, yeah, I'm going to fucking... probably was. This is my break. He's like, I'm going to fucking make it. After this movie, he's gone. Never fucking seen him again. 
Whereas Courtney Cox, yeah. <laughs> the makers of Friends, are like, hey, <laughs> bunch of dudes sitting around. They're like, hey, we've seen He Man. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably That's their favorite was produced. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and that's it for this week's episode of Cinnamon, the Spicers Movie Podcast. Hopefully, you guys stick around, and come back for next week. Uh, we continue not talking about He Man. I think the conversation next week is dominated by Star Wars, um, as well as um, this. Uh, Lexus hoverboard uh, technology that is so enamored us here at the end. Uh, tweet us at Cinnamon Spice. Email us Cinnamon at airpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash airpodcast. And as always, you can call, you can leave a voicemail. It's 657 3835. We'll see you next week. Yeah.